Hi guys, welcome back, and this week I am privileged and honored to have two of my favorite guests. I've had them on multiple times on multiple occasions, and I'm just really excited to have you guys on. Thank you for coming on. I have Caroline Smith and Jocelyn Moon. So Caroline, you want to start introducing yourself and then Jocelyn can follow? Yeah, of course. First of all, thank you so much, Anna, for having me on. It's always such an honor to be here with you. You're one of my best friends and I love you so much. I love your heart and I never miss an episode of your podcast. So yeah, my name is Caroline Smith. I'm 16 years old and I host a conservative political show called The Patriot Talk, where I discuss various political topics from a Christian and a conservative perspective. And I get to interview some of America's most prominent political figures um, and talk about America's most pressing political issues. So it's so fun. And I'm so glad that God has allowed me to connect with both of you. You're both amazing. So thank you. And my name is Jocelyn Moon. I am 17 and I kind of live all over the place, but I'm ambassador for Turning Point, Live Action, Prager Force, and a few other different organizations. And I am a journalist, a reporter, and just do general influencer political stuff. So I'm kind of all over the place. Super excited to be on here today because Anna's one of my besties and I love her so much. It's never a dull moment and I love it. just so honored to have you guys and by my accent y'all can tell I'm from the south um but I am so excited to have you guys on I asked on Instagram to all of you who listen what were things in culture right now that are bothering you that no one is talking about and you guys came back with such great responses and I think we're all really pumped to be here to talk about them and then also just share some stuff in our personal opinion of what's going on in our world that's bothering us as well and so I think we have such a good range we were just talking about this Jocelyn is currently in Oregon um, Caroline's in Alabama I'm in Texas so we are all around the United States and I think you have a really good roundup of views and opinions um, to get into this conversation and I'm just so blessed and honored to have you guys so with that said the first question that listeners asked was one of the things that is bothering them is Christians not upholding a Christian worldview. So if one of y'all wants to take off on this, go for it. Okay, well, sure. I'll go ahead and start us off. Um, you know, I'm really passionate about this. I think that as Christians, we definitely need to maintain a biblical worldview. And we're seeing so, so, so many Christians fall astray. And that's really discouraging. We're seeing so many people call themselves Christians and then go off and lead worldly lives. And that's really, that's really sad. And we definitely need to, to put our hearts back in the right place. Jocelyn, you want to, you want to expand a little bit more on that? Yeah, for sure. So the biggest like word that comes to mind when I think about this is compromise. Mm-hmm. You know, as Christians, we are told that we, <laughs> we should not compromise. Yet today, so many people are willing to compromise all of their values to fit a certain standard. Mm-hmm. So if, People are scared to be judged or they want to fit in, or maybe they just don't want to be brave enough to stand up for what 
values they're supposed to uphold, they compromise those. That's on abortion. They'll compromise the meaning of human life and what we're directly told in scripture to fit a certain view, even though they're a Christian. That is blatantly compromising what Christian means. So, yeah. And a follow-up question, kind of a two-tangent question. So, do you think that this lack of a Christian worldview has to do with the way that churches in America are being run? And with that, what is missing from those churches that pastors need to implement into their congregations that will make them better and well-suited for these hard and difficult discussions coming our way as believers? Um, in my opinion, I think pastors need to stop being scared of offending people because if you're scared to offend someone, then you're holding back what God tells you to say, because again, scripture tells us to be bold. Scripture also tells us we're going to be persecuted. So if you're scared to be persecuted because you don't know what's going to happen and you don't want to offend people, mm-hmm. that's not what we're called to do. It's not what you're called to do as a pastor, anyone in leadership in the church, or just a Christian. I mean, we see Jesus. Jesus didn't back down from anything. Mm-hmm. And the definition of Christian is little Christ. That's what it means. So we are to be like him in that. And we can't be scared to offend people. And the church has that issue where they're scared to offend people. They want to fit in. They claim, you know, we don't want to offend people. We want to reach everyone. Mm-hmm. We don't change God's word to reach a certain person. Oh, exactly. I think that's such a good point, Jocelyn. And I was kind of thinking the same thing. Pastors need to start preaching faith over fear. And I'm not saying a lot of pastors here in America are, you know, telling their congregation to be afraid whatsoever. But right. We definitely need to be relying more on the Lord. Look, he's got us. We have nothing to be worried about. We have nothing to be scared of. And the other day I was just sitting at home and I had like this egg chair and I read my Bible on it. And I was just like thinking, and that's so random. <laughs> but I was thinking and I was like, you know, I've been so scared to just preach the gospel to people because I'm like, I wonder what they'll think. And Honestly, that's such, that's so scary to like think about even yourself. Oh my gosh, am I scared to preach the gospel because of someone's opinion? Um, and you, you just have to realize, Hey, look, God's got us. We have nothing to be scared of. We literally have the creator of the universe on our side. Like what, what do we have to lose? Nothing, but we have everything to gain for the kingdom of God. So definitely I think the pastors need to start preaching faith over fear. Just like you said. Absolutely. And I love y'all's both, both of y'all's perspectives on this. And I think that even to dig deeper into what Jocelyn said about the Bible, Paul is such a great example of what it looks like to be persecuted as a Christian. He was one who was sending letters to so many churches who were feeling the same heavy weight that we do in present time today. And so kind of just think of um, different people who you like to listen to who are speaking the truth and speaking loudly as your Paul and be encouraged by them because you're in the same situation. Don't tell yourself different because even though we're on a borderline basis of not really being persecuted because we're so sheltered in America, um, that's different from different countries, there's still times where you're going to have to answer for what you believe in. And so I think it's so vital to be in the Word. And if you don't know where to start and you're someone who hasn't even picked up a Bible, start in Romans. That is one of my favorite books. It's where Paul is crying out to God and saying like, hey, help me speak to these people who are in the place of persecution. Okay, so 
Another thing that someone commented was that everyone is overly sensitive. Is this highly biased or does it actually have some backing to it? No, there's absolutely backing to that. Everyone is so overly sensitive. I'm like, if half of the people, and by people I mean liberals, would just pull their act together and stop being crybabies, we would have a lot less problems in America. Mm. Okay. Agreed. So, if people, what do y'all think turned the gears of a overly sensitive generation, or generations, the ones that are coming after us? Um, Because I talk to my parents all the time, and they're like, I wouldn't be offended over this or I wouldn't be overly sensitive about this we never had victimized culture or whatever um what changed what do y'all think okay so I think what changed is in our culture everyone wants to be careful of everyone's feelings nobody wants to offend anyone and that goes also back to the church thing like Christians are also extremely oversensitive nowadays everyone is just oversensitive because Nobody wants to offend anybody, and everyone wants to validate feelings. Mm. Like, when did that really become a whole thing where everyone's feelings needed to be validated? Right. Because, and also there's that, now there's the culture of everyone needs a therapist. Um, now, now I'm going to get personal here, but here's the thing with therapy, therapy. I don't think everyone needs a therapist. And I'm someone that, like, I came out of a war zone. You know, like, normally people that come out of war zones have, like, PTSD. Maybe I I did struggle with a little bit of that. And sometimes I still do. Does that mean I need a therapist? No. It does not mean I need a therapist. Just like the average human being does not need a therapist. Mm -hmm. We need Jesus. Because some random stranger doesn't know your heart, doesn't know all your problems, doesn't know your whole background, no matter how much you tell them, they're not going to save you and give you comfort in your issues. Mm. I think that's a little bit of why everyone's so oversensitive is because everyone's feelings need validated and everybody needs a therapist and everyone needs to care about everyone else's feelings. We don't need to care about everyone else's feelings, which sounds bad, but like, Feelings aren't facts, and feelings, I mean, even the Bible, what does the Bible say about the heart is the most deceptive part, right? Mm-hmm. So that's, yeah, we don't need to care about everyone's feelings. Okay, to play devil's advocate here, some people might come back and say that, saying that, and that's not what I'm saying, this is what I've heard personally from, like, me actually saying what you have said, um, you're being narcissistic by saying not everyone needs a therapist. What, how would you respond back to that? Sorry. (laughs) No, I mean, that's honestly, I think that, like you said, saying something and then sticking to it. There's a lot of people, especially politicians, congressmen and congresswomen Mm -hmm. who have come out and said something and then some people in higher power get their little toes stepped on and then they have to go write a whole apology letter. Like, yeah, if people I who don't... are way above us aren't going to set a high bar and an example, then how are we supposed to, as civil citizens, supposed to have a civil society? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to change my mind depending on people's... That comes back to the sensitivity thing. Like, I said it, if you're going to have a breakdown about it, 
it's not, I'm not going to change my opinion because of your feelings. Right. Yeah. Of course. I almost think that, and both you guys had such great points on that, but I almost think that where we went wrong, um, it didn't actually start with this generation. It started with generations before a lack of parenting or, you know, Jocelyn, you kind of said it started with the, everybody needs a therapist, but in reality, I almost think it started with everybody gets a trophy. And really, we catered to everyone, you know, telling everyone, okay, you can win. You're all winners, even if you're a loser. And that's where we really started to go wrong because it no longer mattered um, if you actually worked hard. You were no longer rewarded for that. Everyone was rewarded no matter how hard you worked. And so I think, yeah, it does go back to, you know, everybody doesn't need a therapist. But it also goes back to parents saying, hey, you all deserve a trophy because in reality, you don't. Mm -hmm. Like participation awards. Yeah, exactly. Really? I go back to what Candace Owens said back in 2018 when they did a poll of how many American homes were without parents, um, either on the mother's side or dad was gone, whatever it may be. I think that more as we have progressed and um, divorce has become a huge thing, people pay divorce lawyers to separate their relationship. Mm -hmm. And I think that as much and as quickly as that has progressed in our society, I think that's a part of the problem that parents aren't able to actually be there to parent their kids, you know? Um, I think that's another thing. Absolutely. That was so good, Anna, and so true. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, so I think that covers pretty much the sensitive aspect. Um, I love that we were able to respond to what liberals might say to you because I think listeners really, like, will resonate with that due to so many people just kind of give their word-on-word argument that they've heard off of a podcast or a talk show like Caroline's, but um, they don't really know how to continue that conversation. So hopefully we've helped them in that aspect. So another question we have is conservatives are not upholding traditional conservative values. So the first thing I want us to do is kind of list off some things that are conservative that we are trying to conserve as conservatives okay faith family and freedom if we don't have all three of those things then nothing that we're working towards conserving is is worth it but above all religious liberty because if we stop working to preserve preserve religious liberty then really there's no point america didn't create religious liberty religious liberty created america if we don't have religious liberty we don't have america and we don't have the freedom that comes with it absolutely Jocelyn? Yeah, I agree. Um, I just second that. I mean, that was like such a spot-on perfect answer. It was like perfect. I think also, just to go a little bit further, is that the pro-life movement, like it is such a huge thing. We just saw Roe v. Wade overturned. I know it it feels like ages ago that we heard that news, but it was just like a couple months ago. And so I think that just resonating in that, I remember when I was on a podcast episode with someone else and I was saying that if you don't preserve life, then there will be no life to preserve any of our other freedoms. So with that said, being pro-life is being pro any other right that you have in America. So I think that's important also. Absolutely. That was amazing. I couldn't agree more. So traditional. I, I love how they put that in this question. Traditional conservative values really to break down, I think a lot of us, like each one of us are for 
uh, on a scale of homesteading or we align with Morgan Zeggers and love what she's doing. <laughs> <laughs> I know Jocelyn's with me on this, but um, <laughs> what is the importance of really going back to our roots, going really back to how our country was founded when it comes to reaching the elements of who are we supposed to be right now in America and how do we make it better? Okay. So I think that traditional conservative values, okay, that goes back to also that comes in the homesteading thing. I think it all ties together because who are we supposed to be relying on? Are we supposed to be relying on God or government? The answer is God. It doesn't matter what our government is doing. Our traditional values, and that's why like, I want to go back to like homesteading. I want to focus on family, family and faith, because that's what's important. We're not, we don't want to send our kids to indoctrination camps, AKA school, um, and, and have them just all of that, those values, those traditional values that are instilled in us. And we believe so firmly in, if we believe in those values, we cannot send our children to learn something else mm. because that's not living up to what we say we believe. If we're going to say, if I'm going to say that as a Christian, as a conservative, I am going to raise my family to love America mm-hmm. and raise them in the traditional American conservative Christian way. I can't ever send my children to public school. I can't ever have that my children exposed to that indoctrination because that's going back on what I believe as a Christian, as a conservative. Mm-hmm. And we can't, again, compromise anything under that. Being a traditional conservative and having those values means that we're not going to compromise on things to appease other people. For example, the LGBTQ whatnot stuff. It's never okay. There is nothing that makes it okay. As a conservative, I will never support it and I will never justify it because it is unjustifiable. You cannot justify something that is unjustifiable. It's not okay because as a Conservative, that means I am conserving faith. And as a Christian, I will never support it. And I'm not saying, you know, we say hate the sin, love the sinner, right? Mm -hmm. So we love the person, but we cannot justify or support the sin. I absolutely agree with you. And I feel like you just stepped on 90 point, like 3% of Americans there. So at a girl and I you honestly have a big point because I think that really divides what a Republican and what a conservative is. And we don't talk about this enough and it honestly makes me the most mad when my own people who are supposed to have my backs come out and say, Hey, actually some things that I have posted about the Bible, they're not really true. I've seen this way too much lately. If we're going to talk about people being quiet in the news, something that they're not talking about is people who are coming out who are faith-based pastors. I just posted on my story the other day where this pastor said, well, it's kind of okay to abort your baby. What are we doing? What are church leaders doing? Um, So I think that just, that gets close to my heart. Um, It kind of hurts because I know so many great people like these two young women who are ready to fight for those um, questions that you have and ready to answer really those questions. And so I think that it's so vital to bring them up, even if it feels uncomfortable. Um, So 
a question I have for you ladies, um, y'all can pick whoever goes first, but what is bothering you in culture that you want to talk about? I have to say what's bothering me most of all, probably Anna, would be that, and we, we hit on this a few times, mm-hmm. but that conservatives are going so far away from actually conserving what needs to be conserved. You know, when we go to these big events, um, and, and me and Jocelyn just got back from one, I know Anna, you went to WLS, we go to these big events, right? And mm-hmm. they're amazing. I love Turning Point USA. I'm an ambassador for them, great organization. But we see so many people taking pictures and posting them online and being like, hashtag fight for freedom, hashtag socialism sucks and all that. And that's great. But then they get home and nothing happens. Mm-hmm. And it's so discouraging to me to see so many people, you know, we're ready to fight and everything in the end and not do anything about it, not not actually fight to conserve what's worth conserving um, further than their social media pages. So what's definitely bothering me the most are are words without action behind them. Yeah, it's not going to be fun to attend county meetings. Yeah, maybe it's not the most fun thing in the world to spend hours and hours researching different candidates Mm -hmm. and different elections. But it's so, so important and it's so vital to America's future that we do this stuff that may be boring. The stuff that you only think, you know, older or middle-aged white men should be doing in politics. No, no, no. There is no stereotype here. We are all Americans. And I think what's bothering me the most is that we're posting and we're not we're not actually taking action. So what do you think, Jocelyn? Yeah, I definitely agree. Actually, that reminds me today I like looked at my my phone and I, I don't go through my comments a lot until I have someone on the phone so I can laugh with them. But um, I was like one comment popped up and they said, You're 17. Why are you involved in politics? That's for middle-aged men. And I was like, Oh my gosh. So you just like hit that spot on. And I mean, that's back to like SAS. One of the things that disturbed me, amazing event, amazing people, amazing organization. Right. But on, it was on the weekend. So we were there on Sunday, which was the last day of the conference and seven to eight on Sunday morning, there was a worship session or whatever, where there was teaching, there was some speaking and a lot of worship. And I, Caroline, I'm sure, like, I don't know if you were there, because I know you were, like, away, like, you were, you weren't staying. Yeah, we right? had to check out at 10, and then we went to one yeah. yeah. so, like, you weren't, so you weren't at the, oh you weren't God, at the convention so center, but yeah, so many people were on, on the surrounding hotels, and I would say, out of, you know, we saw people, the whole center filled, packed for any of the speeches, especially DeSantis, obviously Trump, Kaylee McEnany, right? Mm-hmm. I would say maybe, maybe a third of that seating was filled for mm-hmm. Sunday worship service. And this is a conference of young people and adults that claim they are conservatives. So it kind of gave me a pretty good look at what people were there for and also what, where they're you know, what they were most important to them. Was it their faith and what they claim they're conserving? Or was it just, you know, the hype of the conference? That's what I was like sitting there. And I was, I wasn't, most of the conference I was sitting in the VIP seating because I'm turning, one of Turning Point's ambassadors. But for the worship, I was back in the general seating and towards the back because I have friends that were sitting back there. And rows and rows and rows in front of me were empty. And I was like, wow. Because last night when DeSantis was speaking, 
there were people on the walls on the floor. Mm. And I know all these people are still here. <laughs> but they're not here to worship because they claim they're at I guarantee that we like ninety percent of the people at that conference claim they're Christian. Caroline, would you agree with that? Oh yeah, for sure. If not and more than that. If not more than that. So why was Sunday worship service the most empty thing? That's what we're missing is priorities. Where are people's priorities? Is it for is it conserving your faith? Or is it just the hype? Is it like Caroline said, you're posting online but no action? Are you gonna say you're gonna conserve your faith and then not attend a worship service that is like right two steps away from you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's such a good point, Jocelyn. And to that kind of like solidified my suspicions that because I think especially for you two ladies, we have gone so far and we are hard workers and we hit the ground running and even if one of our ideas just kind of fails we're back up again and I think that that perseverance and that kind of drive to continue to go even after we've been knocked down a few times is because we have our faith I always think back to Moses when he was like no God no God I can't I can't speak in front of those people I can't lead them what are you talking about I think that I at the beginning of like starting a podcast I know you girls will agree with me because it's so scary to kind of just push yourself out there but I feel like I was in Moses's shoes being like oh I can't but then that amazing just like that amazing moment when God just comes in and he eases all your pain I remember the first um interview I had and I was on zoom and I was kind of jittery and just like what am I gonna say I'm gonna mess up you know and just that like serene feeling of the Holy Spirit just overcame me and I was like this is not about me. This is not about like what I want to do with my life. This is not anything like that. It is all about God. And I think that is what you two ladies just like gone so far and done so much work for the kingdom is because we have held on to our faith. And so I think that if any person were to come up to any of us and ask us, well, how'd you do it? All three of us would say, well, God. (laughs) And I know that's going to be cliche for that person because they haven't experienced at that level of who God is and what he has done in their lives, but he can, you know? So I I think that's such a good, like, solidifying feeling, like Jocelyn said, that if you put into your faith and you do those things that are churchgoer things, like read your Bible, pray to God, because a lot of people, and I even felt like this, Um, for a long time that God was not hearing my prayers Mm -hmm. keep trying keep going to him because when it changes into I'm just talking to God God that everyone talks about instead of talking like that to yourself saying that God my father God my friend God my protector God who got me out of that situation and put me in a better one when we change his name to someone who is more likely and who he actually is you know it's going to change our perspective So I think that's so important. Like Jocelyn said, I am so glad you brought that up. Um, Thank you. So good. That was so powerful. I'm over here just like jaw on the floor. And I think it was so good that you hit on, you know, God doesn't just call the equip, but he equips the call. Mm -hmm. Even if we don't feel like we're the right person for the job, hey, God has called us. It doesn't matter what we feel. And so I, I really just love that you hit on that so much. That was so powerful. And it really so much deeper than just a few words. That was, that was awesome. Mm -hmm. 
And I, I, I love that we can here. share a community, you know? Like, I know I can talk about God to you guys. I know y'all are going to yeah. understand when I say, like, God did this. And you're going to be like, oh, my gosh. And then I can celebrate with you guys when y'all say the same thing. So I think that's so special. Anna's going to be, like, the next Haley McEnany over here. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm not taking Caroline's spot. That is reserved for <laughs> Caroline. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. That would be amazing. Maybe I'll run for president. Or Johnson. That's what I was going to say. No, no, no. We'll have a bomb press secretary. Caroline is going to be the president. And Anna's going to be, like, that press secretary that just goes up there and just, like, puts him down with the Bible. And you're just going to be like, whoa. (laughs) Yes, ma'am. Anna, you would kill it. Oh, my God. They're so sweet. I'll be like, I'll be.